untold story of the arts tenure in the Olympics. This is episode two. My name's Elizabeth Riggs. <laughs> my pronouns are she, her. My name is Bernadette Suffolk, and my pronouns are they, them. And welcome back. <sighs> Made it. Never thought we would. <laughs> we. It was undecided for just a hot second. And if you are listening to this, if you listened to the first one and you came back, can I just say... Thank you. Yes, thank you for coming back. This is when we give you the secret code to go with that decoder in that cereal box that you got from us. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love cereals. Again, I ate so much cereal, and I loved. Anytime they were like, get online, we'll give you this decoder if you buy 10 boxes of our cereal, and then you can decode this what code online. Win? It was almost nothing. Maybe, maybe a plastic cup. Ooh! <laughs> I know. My very own. My first Annie first Oakley first. plastic cup. I bet. Oh. Don't mind if I do I, pew pew. <laughs> I almost said you must have been the most popular kid on the school bus. And then I realized that that's not true because you're homeschooled. And then I realized this whole conversation <laughs> in the intro makes sense. Like, and oh. I mean that in the best way. You're saying that I stay on brand and I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm so entrenched in, in it. I, I don't even see a way out. I'm just in it. There's something about public school that beats the hope of a any ugly plastic cup. Yeah, out of you. not for me. Day one. I retained that for decades. <laughs> Still, Still going away. Yep. The decoder. Oh, that's what that is next to your bed. It's honestly, it's all coming together now. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, which, by the way, I don't know if anyone wants to know this. We do record this out of my cozy little bedroom. And, mm. oh man, it's a hot summer here in Denver. This is now a weather podcast. Oh. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's cozy and, and, and warm. It was only a matter of time before we ran out of material. I just didn't think we would be talking about weather on episode <laughs> two. At the top. Oh, at, at the, the top. top. Yeah. yeah. We're 45 minutes in and now we've started to talk about... Oh, so as a part of our last episode, let's get into it. Let's get into it. This has been a great run. So just as uh, demonstrated last week, we've got some history, we've got some fun facts, and we've got some judging in store for you. But we're uh, switching up all around, and I'm going to talk to you about some uh, history this week. I'm excited. I'm excited about this. I'm ready to learn. <laughs> and and it, boy, was, it was nice to pass that history segment right off to you. I'll be, I'll be real. Getting into the whole crux of our podcast, yes, I thought this history segment could be about when slash why did the arts get into the Olympics mm-hmm. and why they got taken out. I would love to know. Just I think like, that's the biggest question. <laughs> the biggest question. I'm honestly so impressed it wasn't the first episode. I, I love that we said, I'm not going to tell you anything. Come back next time. <laughs> well, we built some special... Suspicion, but also position. we built suspicion. <laughs> Absolutely, we did, and that's what's keeping people through. Uh, no, I'm glad that you talked about Pierre because, um, or if I remember, Charles, Charles the second, yeah, what a guy, uh, because he comes back around. Obviously, amazing, great. So I didn't make him up. Yeah, absolutely. I told you. I'm not going to pronounce him as well. Pierre de Coubertin. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was it, right? Yeah. Fucking nailed it. Every, why did I ever doubt myself? God, <laughs> I'm so hot. I'm so talented. Yes, yes. And during Pride Month, not the, nonetheless. Ooh, a powerful moment. Now, have I apparently developed a speech impediment for Pride Month? Yes, but I think that. Mm. I think it's cute. It's saying, don't just listen to what I'm saying. Know what I'm saying. Feel it. Time. Get the vibe. Also, yeah. 
All right. All right, you guys. This is we've we had figured enough fun. it out. We figured out pride. Let's talk about some fucking history. Okay. God, okay, it. I'm buckled in. So, uh, the arts were in the Olympics as we stated for around 40 years. Mm-hmm. They were specifically in the Olympics from 1912 mm-hmm. to 1948. Um, so a good swath of time, hilariously, uh, I don't think, like, there was obviously some years where they did more than others. Mm-hmm. There were some years where a lot more medals were given than others. Right. So, uh, not always at the height of their game, no. but they were at least around. Oh, they were around. They were around. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you about the beginning. So Pierre de Coubertin, uh, wanted them to be there from the original first Olympics. So in 1912. Okay. Um, he created the IOC, which is the uh, International Olympics Committee. Right. Um, and they were in charge of determining, and still are, what goes on in the Olympics, how, all of the logistics, they're the, the be-all, end-all, the, the judges. Yes. And from the beginning, the IOC decided that they did want to do arts in the Olympics. Okay. The problem was, the reason that they didn't start until... Um, 1912 when the first olympics was ooh in 1896 mm-hmm. was because uh they just didn't have enough like money or funding to get it together sure so it was just kind of one of those things that like they could pitch some sports and those sports teams showed up but mm-hmm. with arts you just needed a whole nother organizer a whole nother panel of judges sure well, it, it felt like it was so hard to just get the Olympics off the ground, yes. period. Yeah. But I I don't blame them for being and like, like yeah. well, Obviously, back. there was a bunch of different sports that said, you know, that wanted to be in it, but sure. couldn't yet because of funding also. Sure. So the arts were just part of that. So they finally get around into having funding for 1912. Uh, hilariously, that year, uh, the Swedes were hosting it, and they didn't want the arts in it. Oh, you heard it here. Which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. That uh, there seems to be a very um, like large sever between what the IOC wants and what powers the hosting um, host country like country uh-huh. can ha- say or, or what their powers they have. So I like that the Swedes were like, we don't want it. And they said, too bad. <laughs> I would like to point out that that year, two Swiss architects both took home the gold. Okay. Yes, they need to chill out. So I, I like that they just kind of, okay, once again, a bunch of bullshit that in the arts, there's just multiple medals given out. Right. So there was two golds given out for stadium design. Yeah. And both to, to some Swedes. So I love that. They were like, hey, I know you didn't want this, but like, what about two gold? I feel like it was low-key them being like, look at what a good job we did building what we told you yeah. to do. We, you guys are amazing. It's almost like if you participate in the way we wanted you to, you will be rewarded. rewarded. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I love that. Um, and then you mentioned it last, um, you mentioned it last week, but Pierre entered in one. And this yes. was in the first um, time that the arts were in the Olympics. Yes. He once again entered under a pseudonym. He won for literature, but I, I did learn something that I think is really beautiful. The first uh, Olympics that the arts were in, so 1912, was also um, the least amount of submissions. Okay. So there was only 35 submissions in all the categories wow. from all the countries. 
So I also, I mean, maybe it was because he was like in charge of the whole thing, but also a little bit, I think that they just literally, so part of me thinks like, what if they didn't have enough submissions? And Peter was like, I could write something quick. Oh, <laughs> yes. Also me. Yeah, yeah. I buff up the numbers for sure. They're like we're going to have to cut all of writing if we don't get a one. submission. Yeah. He said, I got you. <laughs> I had this fever dream one time about my college dream that I'm making a reality. Absolutely. Bless his heart. I wrote a poem called uh, Hot Thoughts in College Times. And it's like half erotica and like finding out his sexuality and yep. the other half is like sports. And it's really beautiful, honestly. Is it just a game? Mm. Is it? Hot bodies, <laughs> men without shirts, throwing disc. Discus. And then it's just 16 lines six, of the word six, six, discus six, six, until the word doesn't even mean anything anymore. Oh, I wouldn't pay to unearth that poem. I bet someone did. They were like, we got to rebury this one. We got to take it back to hell where it belongs. (laughs) Big fan 10 out of 10. It's just good we don't know all of history (laughs) is honestly what I think. Honestly, it keeps us wanting. I mean, also, can I I be so bold to say if we knew all of history, there'd be a lot of jobs lost, okay? Think of all the archaeologists. Think of all the historians. Yeah. Once we know it all, where do they go? What do they do? And you know what? They should be... They should be grateful for the existence of human error mm-hmm. in the practice of all those sciences. Because what if we just, oops, discovered everything? We got all the way to the core, nothing left to know. You know, like, bummer. No like, more jobs. Well, yeah, absolutely. I think about that all the time with uh, when they found Richard III's head in the parking lot, whatever that was, oh, like sure. five years ago. Yeah. And just thinking about the construction workers, like, who found it. And being like, at some point, I, as a construction worker, like, the archaeologists come in, they're like, no, 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 you stop digging. We start digging now. Like, okay, all right, I feel like I did a pretty good job thus far, and you hadn't found it. Oops, I found it. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Oh, oh, your shovels are better than mine? Oh, bunch of bullshit. Y'all are too gentle. History needs to be broken up and unearthed. <laughs> Absolutely. Not brushed to death. <laughs> well, what were you going to do? Brush the parking lot away? <laughs> you pieces of shit. You guys don't know how concrete works at all. Absolutely not. So, okay, I guess this is my long con, is that archaeologists can become construction workers. Or construction not, workers... Not so bad. Yeah. Not so bad. No, not at all. I'm just saying that, like, if we run out of history, they can we, go there. Okay, well, okay. You heard it here. And also, this is part of uh, the new jobs plan. Uh, I think uh, the administration's rolling out, so get get angry. <laughs> get, get angry. <laughs> Uh, you know you want to. Doesn't matter who you, you are, know, or where you're from, something. your beliefs, and you, God, oh, or the economy. You better get mad. You best get mad. <laughs> All right. So honestly, it was pretty short and sweet. But I told you everything that you needed to know. <laughs> that was the beginning of Arts in the Olympics. Damn, there it is. Uh, they wanted it from the beginning. Oh, there is a fun quote. Um, so, oh, you also didn't tell me, or maybe I forgot that Pierre de Coubertin was a baron. Oh, yes. Sorry. I forgot about I, that. I, I, first of all, when I first started researching him, just every, I feel like every article I opened, his name was even longer. <laughs> and I was just like, I am already struggling. So I definitely, yeah, I trimmed, I trimmed it down and I might have left out the Well, I the just, Baron. I just, I, in the articles I was reading, he was just referenced as Baron. I was like, who the fuck is this new oh. guy? <laughs> Ooh, sports Ooh. arts Baron boy. <laughs> so French Baron, Pierre de Coubertin. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but he really wanted um, this to be a celebration of the best of man. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so he is on the record when, like, before, when the IOC is created before the first Olympics, okay. saying that he really wanted the Olympics to celebrate um, the ideals of man being both educated in mind and body. Okay. So he was, like, he wanted the mind part from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um and he wanted this celebration of like men challenging each other from across the globe in their wits and in their um, pits. <laughs> Sorry, I, that was a reach. No, no, it was good. You'll edit that out, right? No, okay. <laughs> um, so the arts were wanted from the beginning because of that, right? Right. Um, wanting. I'm kind of upset that there wasn't more versions of like the intellectual side of man being held up against each other Mm -hmm. like I would have loved like some manifestos oh sure so many categories that could have been in there that would have been fascinating yeah like create your own new political structure yes totally like I don't know Uh, I'm I'm bummed it was just the arts but (laughs) whatever it felt like it could have been a more inclusive version of what the arts could be it felt very like can you paint on it can we hold it in our hands? They're like, okay, well, not necessarily. So, so no, we will not not accepting it. But. Absolutely not. Also, a, a political manifesto that is still about sports is going to be pretty hard to find. So, <laughs> so I kind of I kind of get why they maybe they stuck with arts then because it could still be inspired like, by sports. Uh, huh. Yeah, <laughs> these analogies fall apart quick. Quick. <laughs> all right, so let's hop to the end. The question that we've all been waiting for: Why the fuck were they taken out of the Olympics? Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we have them today? Which I, God, God, I wish we did. Yeah. So um, the last arts in the Olympics that we had was in 1948. Um, in 1949, the IOC meets to start planning for the next year. And they were given a report uh, while they were meeting in Rome that said, that was like done about the last Olympics. Okay. And it concluded that, quote unquote, practically all contestants in the art competitions are professionals. And that the competition should therefore be abolished and replaced with an exhibition without awards or medals. Mm-hmm. So we kind of talked about this. I mean, we specified it last time that the whole p- part of arts and the Olympics is that it has to be about sports and they have to be amateurs. Right. Because that's also a thing given to the athletics. You're supposed to be a quote unquote amateur. Right. And so, and we we're talking about this last time that like, when you look at the histories of all these artists who are winning, mm-hmm. they're obviously professionals, right? They're like... Right writing uh they're famous for translating ibsen poems right like they're they're ahead of the german symphony or whatever sure sure um and so they're just like at this point what are we doing yeah there's no amateurs submitting let's just have it be like a beautiful gallery that people can go and look at right which is obviously lamer but yes and yeah just a bummer yeah Absolutely. Mm. So it sparked a very heated debate mm-hmm. um, with the International Olympics Committee, uh, where they were just fighting a bunch about it. They just people on other side having really hot takes. And then uh, there was in the 1951 meeting, so close just after, um, for the 1952 Olympics in Helsinki. Sorry, I got this. Helsinki. Which is in Finland. Nailed it. Thank you. I love the name of that city, Helsinki. too. Helsinki. Every time it pops it's up, cute. like, oh, Helsinki. what a time. What a place to live. Sounds like a little anime character, and I'm about it. <laughs> um, so they decided that they were going to reinstate it. So okay. 
the Olympic Committee, right after the last Olympics, says, hey, or the, the report says, hey, we shouldn't do this anymore. Everyone is a professional. They fight, they fight, they fight. Mm-hmm. Then, right before the next Olympics, they're like, you know what? We're keeping them. Don't at me. Like, <laughs> we're really going to do it this time. <laughs> and then Finland said, mm, no. Uh, who was hosting it, and they cited insufficient funds slash planning. But I was just really fascinated that the IAOC originally said, we want arts in the Olympics, and the Swedes were like, no. And they were like, psych, you have to do it anyways. And then this time, Finland just, like, really put their foot down. Yeah. And so what I love about this is that, and I think this is true to this day, that the IOC's power is technically, like, all artificial or like ceremonial oh in so many ways yeah yeah yeah. and i really didn't think about that like you think like oh the olympics has this greater thing and i mean obviously there's a lot of money and planning in it sure but when the host company who has spent the last whoever knows like 12 years building and pouring money into something says psych no like they what are they gonna do find them Oh, yeah, like, I, who, I don't know. Who are they paying to, and why? Well, clearly, clearly the IOC members in 1912 were, like, a bunch of hard asses who were like, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry, we're a bunch of barons. Uh, <laughs> we have, like, a lot of clout. Uh, we will be having these pretty portraits mm-hmm. at the Olympics, and they just had to deal with it, and I guess, I don't know. Absolutely. By the 40s, everybody's a little beat down, a little tired. They're like... Pierre was an older man. He was just like, like what are you going to do? I... I can't think of another way to sculpt a pony. I guess we should just move on. Like, I'm exhausted. So I like the idea that Finland was just like, how many fucking poems about a swimmer's body do you need? Like, <laughs> for real. Tomes. Tomes. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, that's why the 1948 ones were the last ones to be held, even wow. though they wanted to do it afterwards. So, like, low-key, Finland's at fault. Finland's at fault. The... I will also say, I was reading about the, there has been attempts to reinstate arts mm. in the Olympics sure. multiple times since then. There's not, like, exact dates that I could find. Sure. But they said anywhere from, like, five to ten times they've, like, tried to, like, Damn. get it up again. Which is a ton of times considering yeah. it's, like, a every four years yeah. event. Right? It's a, a, quite a bit. So I'm really curious on, like, I just, to me that says that we could still get them. Oh, sure. I think this podcast is going to change the world. Why do you think I'm here? (laughs) I'm so, I'm so sorry that I doubted us and our power, our clout. Oh, yeah. So honestly, if anyone's listening to this that has any kind of pull with honestly anyone. (laughs) Oh, anyone at all. I mean, give me the most local of government. Yeah, absolutely. Watch what I can do. Give me one semi-famous internet celebrity. Okay. I, we could we could run miles. <laughs> oh, the miles. Okay. <laughs> well, dang, I don't want to pour any hate on like all of our listeners in Finland. Mm-hmm. Numerous, obviously, and unique individuals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All. But so excited for what you're you about to need, say. You need to go petition your government. Like, absolutely. To, to right your wrong. I get it. I get it. I am a type A person. I want to plan everything, and I would like to have enough money for all of my plans. But, like, a little bit, like, the greater good. Like, low-key. I like Finland petitioning to get the Olympics back in them, just so that they can... Put the Olympics Olympics back back in in me, and I will put the arts back in the Olympics. Put your your Olympics in me. 
put your Olympics in me now. I'll put my arts and in, I'll put my in arts you. In you. <laughs> oh my god, that's the poster. Oh, that's the T-shirt. I the did not game. realize that we were gonna get merch so fast. Whew. I'm so happy. So I did have a question when I was thinking about this, and the idea that the arts could be reinstated at any time sure. if the IOC was like, honestly, I think this is a great idea. Like, sure. let's bring it back in, and they, you know, petitioned to one of the host cities. What kind? If what artists do you think would submit, and what would they submit? Oh, I know man. it's a big question. It's a big question. I'm trying to just think about it. I like, also know that the whole, while well, you think, yes. I'll, I'll state that I know that the whole point of them getting taken away is that professional artists shouldn't be shouldn't submitting. Be submitting. Right. So the whole point is that they should be amateur. But once again, if only amateur artists submitted, it yeah. would be a lot of probably like high schoolers, right? Yeah, I'm thinking about, like, some of the uh, comedy communities that we come from oh where God. just everyone applies, and you're like, right, because you like, you have to. It's the Olympics. Oh you don't God. not apply. Could you imagine improv in the Olympics? <gasps> improv oh, Olympics. Olympics. Hold on. Improv There's something there. Olympics. Hold on. Let me Google this. Tap, 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 tap. Huh. It says here that there was once an Olympics for improv now defunct now super defunct and and now ooh, super bummer, dead and on y'all they were maybe called out for a bunch of racist shit and instead of uh talking about it they closed huh <laughs> i didn't know any of this elizabeth it's i'm cool looking that at the right internet now. is here now so Hello. it kind of sounds like it's free for us to take it sounds like that name is wide open, except for like the lawsuit that would clearly be just right on its tails. And we sure, are. I can we come are. for my ass. <laughs> her and her dogs can come for my ass. I'll be like, I didn't know about you. I don't know who this woman is. <laughs> didn't know about you. And I'll use this podcast as evidence against you. Absolutely. Hey, jury box. <laughs> I'm here too. <laughs> uh, I think that I was just thinking about arts and Olympics, and I was thinking. Of all of the terrible, like, Olympic-specific art that we would get. I'm thinking, like, Banksy really doing a piece on, like, they he would, honestly, he might do something good, like, taking one of the old Olympic villages that's abandoned now. Yeah. And, like, making it, Ooh, yeah, like, yeah, a yeah. weird, terrifying amusement place. I like that. I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm thinking Jeff Koons does, like, a 40-foot balloon fencing sword. Okay. Mm. I'm thinking Adele wins for vocals. Yes. But then we also have, like, uh, Andrea Pacelli, who has to sing because, like, a buttery vocal. Yeah. A vocal for the ages. What the fuck am I talking? Obviously, Josh Groban is going to take down every single medal. Every category. Every category. Joshua. We oh cannot wait to see you in your element on the Olympic stage. It's honestly going to be like, okay, you like take a, a Groban song, take away the vocals. Oh my gosh, he won for classical. Okay? <laughs> you put back the vocals in, he won for vocal. You play the vocals over each other, he won for chorus. Okay? <laughs> Every single one. He's on it. Duets, ballads, uh, love songs, pop, 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 pop. <sighs> Josh Groban, I didn't realize how much I needed him. In Sing a songs that sense. hurt me. About the Olympics. <laughs> sorry, sorry for the sharing too much. I want Elizabeth Ball said, I want to be. What is, what is Cardi B? 
choked, gagged, and slapped by Josh Groban by his lyrics. They just <laughs> about heard. sports. It's just uh, yeah, but especially about like it'd be something like the chase, and it'd be all about I don't know running. <laughs> yeah, there it was. <laughs> well, you dug deep. You found it. Thank God, there was something down there. Uh, I'm thinking there's a water polo song called like Drowning for You. Yeah, but with a four. <laughs> Because you, you, yeah. Oh, it's a he boy can band pull it off. <laughs> and it, One Direction comes back for the Olympics. Oh my god, I'm manifesting that. I'm so sorry. Is Josh Groban joining One Direction? They will be his backup vocalist. Oh, oh I didn't know. It's right there. Oh, I didn't know I needed it. You just need to make that last little jump, and you're in that beautiful heaven. Holy shit! I'm, I'm I don't want to be weird. I'm a little horny. <laughs> I also want to hear so much good Celtic music. Um, mm. Just like those like beautiful, pure vocals, like lilting, their songwriting, stunning. I think the Celts might really run away with it. Take them? At least in like the like beautiful songwriting category. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, That's a whole separate episode where we just sit down and we talk about who should be in the arts in the Olympics today. Okay. That feels like All a right. bonus episode of some kind. Or yeah. um, a secret episode. Well, when uh, when Arcade Audio does its uh, like fun drive, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And we're trying to get that mad, mad money. We'll say, hey, listen. I'll say, listen up, you fucking cucks. This is the best episode we ever did. And yeah, we put it behind and a paywall. It's mostly <laughs> about how Twilight soundtrack would take would every take single one. <laughs> Guest starring Josh Groban Guess on the episode. Wow, wow, wow. wow. Okay. Look, I'm here to manifest. I love this. So, um, yeah, that was all the history that I could have given you, you could have ever needed. I think it's a perfect amount of history (laughs) coming from someone that really took you into somebody's, um, somebody's deep, deep life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And his childhood slash parental problems. I mean, that really allowed us a little peek in. (laughs) I love it. Made him more of a person than just a a historic figure. Absolutely. Give me a face. Let me care. Fuck. (laughs) All right, well, so really lovely, and it's great to have that as like the framework. Thinking about the beginning games mm-hmm. where the arts were there, and then of course like the sweet bitter end. Yeah, fins and a y'all. hopeful and a hopeful possible future. So hopeful. Yeah, only if Finland, you know, gets their shit. I like that you. Wrong. That's the part that you like really caught on. I you know that there was some poor sweet. <laughs> Artist who had been like literally pouring over like ideas and like just trying to get their shit together for the Olympics, and then the Finns are like, mm, pass, and then <laughs> artist is just like, oh no. my god, like literally potential years of work could have gone into some piece that just oh. then got like, I'm so sorry, oh and like it's never, and every year he's like, maybe this year I will be <laughs> submitting my poem that I that I dedicated to my dead mama. And they're like, no, not again. And that was Charles Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> Way to fucking go, Finland. They're like, that was that was in the past. He's from the past. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. He's from the present right now. Oh my God, what is this? Breaking news. Today in sports. It's today in sports. Wow. That was great, and I didn't know it was coming, and I loved it. Thanks. I hope I scared you just as much as I scared our audience. I was so excited to see what was going to happen. 
Amazing. So, uh, Elizabeth, what are we talking about today on Today in Sports? Again, since we decided our episode one was going to be like, let's not talk about too much of what would really help you out in that foundation <laughs> laying, we decided to circle back around and talk about the upcoming Olympics mm. in Tokyo, which are still, for most of my research, being called the 2020 Games. Regardless, yeah. we're just going to pretend like, this is 2020. You do like, not spend that much money on branding, on hats, on banners. They were not going to throw just like a little more money to just flip that like you know, number Scratch over. half of it o- off. Yeah, just, it's, it, it, they're all like Roman numerals. It's just adding like the one. It's not, I don't know, probably like waste not, want not, whatever. But I'm just saying. I'm oh just my saying. God. Anyway, I we got to talk about it because... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're happening. It seems like they're happening. Yeah. And when I researched this, that was not the thing I thought I was going to find. Me either. Let alone that they're apparently happening, like, basically tomorrow. They're so <laughs> soon. They're so soon. I hope everybody's ready. Because uh, I'm not. Um, no, I was also very surprised to see that they were coming back. Because I just, I don't know. I know, like... Tokyo itself was like, uh, what? Like, this is still up in the air for y'all? And we were like, I mean, we did miss this. And they're like, well, yeah, but it's like there's still some pandemic shit going on, like, in most of the world. So, I don't know. I'm on the fence about how happy I am that they're happening from, like, that perspective. But I'm also, I'm going to enjoy them. Like, Mm. it'll still be fun to watch. So well, how weird would it be if you created an Olympics podcast and you're like, "Well, I fucking hate the fact that they're happening." <laughs> I'm just like torn. It just feels it feels a little soon. But I mean, oh, totally. all of the reopening stuff I think has felt very soon yeah. to me. So that's just I my my. I'm frustrated. I will say. I mean, I'll give some facts around this, but I'm frustrated why they. I don't understand why they don't postpone it another year. Sure. The one thing that the Japanese um, president. Oh, no. I almost said president, but I'm really scared that that's not the title. It's president, right? Yeah. Um, her name is Hashimoto. But um, she... So I, I read a press release with her that came out recently. Um, and she said that she is 100% quote-unquote certain the games will go ahead despite the state of emergency in the city. So, we're pushing forward seemingly no matter what. Um, A couple of not fun facts about Japan and, like, where it's at right now. It's uh, coming in from April. It's at its fourth wave of coronavirus cases um, with 10 areas in the country under a state of emergency. Mm. Um, And they actually had a late rollout. Um, they didn't of start vaccines. their rollout of vaccinations yeah. until February, so they're at only three percent vaccinated. Wow, which is that's yeah. kind of surprising. To I me. was surprised by that too. That feels like a long time, and like it's. I mean, they they don't have quite the population to cover like that the U.S. has. So I yeah, mean, and, and obviously I mean, by the time sounds, this episode airs, yeah, it will be different, be different. for yeah. sure. But. By the time I'm reading this, yeah. it says 3%. I would not want to be in charge of vaccine rollout, just to say. Oh I don't God. have any ideas on how to make it, like, more fun. No. I mean, maybe I have some. But, like, well, none fun that I can do. Yeah, okay, fun is actually... Efficient? No. <laughs> no, you're 100% right. I can make this hella fun. But I, I do not have good ideas around, like, well, duh, you should, like, be doing this with your vaccine rollout. Not me. Just throw that out there. Just saying. But if that's I, just a shocking If I was in charge and I had an unlimited budget 
and it was supposed to be fun and not efficient. <laughs> I'd kill it. I'd kill it. <laughs> I would nail it. I think there'd be something around just like um, you. Uh, everyone gets the month off of work, Ooh. and someone comes to your door. And they say, hi, what is your favorite thing to do? You can pick from these. And it's like a beach day or a brunch or um, like a, a night out at the club. And they're like, okay. And then they stab you with the vaccine. And then you get to pick one of those things on the list that you get to go do now. Oh, like a little reward. Yeah. I like that, actually. A wee uh, reward. reward <laughs> no, I like that a lot. And yeah, you're right. That would crush. Mm-hmm. Reward-based vaccinations. Maybe for next time. Next time. Yeah, okay. We'll get it next time. <laughs> 10 out of 10. We're going to crash next go around. Oh, God. Too so, dark. Too dark. Yeah. Hashimoto is like, no matter what, they're coming through. Um, there's going to be no spectators from other countries. So no oh. one can come in for them. Oh. And they will decide in on the 19th, so in five days, whether or not local people can watch. So there might be zero spectators. Wow, that's going to be fascinating. It's going to be so interesting. Obviously, we've watched that with a lot of sports right. happening, right? Like, we watched that with basketball and the bubble and, and everything. Not, like, a little eerie at yeah. times, honestly. Absolutely. Well, it's just so interesting, the money behind all of this and the capitalism strapping it up bare bones and and, and like it's like a horrific skeleton of yeah. like no you must go on <laughs> and and like just kind of watch these people do these things and you're like but why yeah it, it definitely just feels like i'm sure there's some weird like well you know planning and blah 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 and like the preparations were made and like money will be lost if we don't execute on the plan now instead of next year but there's also like uh state of emergency in the country yeah like toll of human life to like talk about and the country itself there was a poll and obviously polls can be misleading yes <laughs> we don't need to be told that oh a nugget Ooh, um topical from only <laughs> four years ago <laughs> but uh topical there was a poll done of just like um people in Japan, like, uh, just, uh, oh, you know, citizens is what they're called. <laughs> Residents. <laughs> Whatever you Residents, um, fun havers. And uh, 80% were like, I would not like this to happen. And that's, that's a, rev- uh, a revolt size of people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you just you can't help but sit and, like, speculate and wonder how bad uh, stuff could potentially get and how upset people could become to the point of being like wanting to take some kind of action i mean it's it's their country like i don't know you should probably if they don't feel safe and also on the other end i mean i don't know if you've been seeing these like interviews with some of the top athletes who are like i don't want to go yeah like it's not safe it feels crunchy like yeah so anyways (laughs) i mean it's like it's like when, like, you would be like, well, maybe I'll just, like, try to go out to a restaurant during COVID. And then you would, like, get there and you'd see people just in there in masks and, like, their full get up. And you're like, I can't make you right. be here. Everyone's having a bad time. <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm not going to enjoy these these meals out here. Absolutely. So then you just order in and you keep your local restaurant alive. Oh. Oh. Hero Bring energy. it back around. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Save, save your local restaurant, my friends. Um, no, I think that's a, uh, oh, definitely wanted us all, and especially the host country, to feel and like 
way more confident going into this and way more safe and and able to actually be excited because it's supposed to, I mean, cities are vying for it because they feel that it is an honor, Mm -hmm. which I know, like, they were supposed to come to Colorado and they didn't because the city was like, nope. So, I mean, hey, maybe that's not how everyone feels, but. I'm also really curious. So, the number one reason to host the Olympics Mm -hmm. is because of the amount of revenue um, being brought in from other countries. Yeah. So it's just yeah. like sheer a profitable endeavor for oh, the most sure. part. Oh, sure. Yeah. So you put in whatever, like 14 billion. <laughs> like you got that up front? Money. <laughs> yeah. Like you have payment plans for the Olympics though? Man? Into like making it happen and then hopefully you get that back. Yeah. So right now with no people coming in to watch the Olympics, the revenue that's being brought into the, the, the capital that's being brought into the country is going to be zero. Yep. So like, oh sh- yeah, I'm sure the, the screws so are being put in on the, on the money side of things. Like, so I'm like, why push for it and not? Well, so I just don't understand why not put it off a year. Right. We've already waited a year. We've already What's waited one more a year? year. What is one more year? Yeah. Especially if you're gonna have actual people come in, actual people bring out money, and right. it's not like the building's going somewhere. Right. Yeah. The one reason that uh, Hajimoto said that she was like the reason we have to push forward now is because she stated that all of these sport oh god I should not be on a sports podcast I almost said sports people instead of athletes oh man it's okay Oof, it's I'm okay. on an arts podcast <laughs> yeah let's be real this is a hybrid uh, and we are really struggling on one side of this podcast uh, all of the athletes she was like you know are, are training and trying yeah. to hit this exact mark on this timeline and you know people are training their whole lives for this moment like like you know like right. et cetera et cetera but then you are hearing these athletes be like, I don't, don't want, want to yeah. do this. Like, I mean, ugh, also, it, it just I, feels like there's a lot of, like, not actually listening to the people that are going mm, to be most affected by the Olympics taking place. Mm, it feels like maybe we're listening to some people who have some money in this. Yeah. Or some sort of something on the line. But I don't know. Absolutely. It's, it's a little bizarre. Also, I'm just kind of curious of, like, yeah, I totally understand trying to orchestrate your whole livelihood to hit the Olympics at the perfect time. Um. Yes, of course. Because that's like kind of the whole gig. That's the whole job. Yes. I totally understand that. And if a handful or more of athletes aren't able to hit the the Olympics or get the gold at the time that they wanted to, I can understand that feeling like a huge loss for them. But that's yeah. also a handful of athletes that not is not like decimating an entire country during a pandemic it definitely yeah feels like there's the scales are just weighted in a weird way yeah but just in kind a of super crunchy way yeah very head scratcher so anyways i'm sure we'll be coming back to this <laughs> yeah i think it'll be i mean i'm for the sake of this podcast wow excellent timing like let's have some olympics so we can talk about them but also whoa i i'm I am grateful that they're not happening in the U.S. right now, and we are definitely way oh, yeah. further along in, like, Vax rollout and all that stuff, so I... And I yet, you feel... know we do a way worse job. Yeah, oh, totally. You know, like, something... It would be, like, the super spreader event, yeah. and it would wipe out the planet. Absolutely. And, but, I mean, we would have gone big, baby. We would have gone, gone out, out with big. a bang. In America. America. Where you want it to happen. <laughs> Oh, wow. let's well, switch up the tone. Yeah. Will you please let me judge some art? Okay. I've been so jealous. I've been so desperate. All I want to do is judge some art. Amazing. This is very exciting for me. So, um, I, this is a fun podcast. We have fun. We don't have that many rules. <laughs> and one of the rules that I instantly assumed wasn't one, or that I had to pay attention to, is that the art actually has to be from, uh, 
have been in the arts program during the Olympics. I threw that right out the window. I think we threw that out the window. Probably originally we're like, nope, too many art things that we want to talk about. So we threw that right out. So I'm going to be talking about comics today. <laughs> Not stand-up comics, comics in your newspaper. Um, in particular, I wanted to get a little more granular because, my God, there are so many incredible comic strips, comic books out there. You could just sink into weeks and weeks of pouring over everything you've read as a child, everything you want to read, you know, right now. And I think there would actually just be too much. So I wanted to get a little more granular. So we are going to be talking specifically about the comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes. Oh my God. I am so happy. I know. I think it's going to be great. Holy shit. So, so. I also know the audience just kind of clenched their buttholes because like there's not (laughs) a single person on earth I know that doesn't love Calvin and Hobbes. So it was uh, considered, so, okay. Well, I'll do light backstory, and then I'll show you some Calvin and Hobbes uh, comics, and you'll rate them gold, silver, and bronze, which was never something that they used to rate Calvin and Hobbes in the past, so we'll just, whatever you say is 100% correct. Fantastic. So there's a power trip. But, um, okay, so Bill Watterson is the writer and creator of Calvin and Hobbes, uh, and he wrote these comics from 1985 to 1995. Um, And at the time, it was, like, praised just out the wazoo for being, like, a very vivid interpretation of like what it's like to have a child's imagination and people mm. just really connected with that which I think is what we both experienced having uh, watched not watched read Calvin and Hobbes in the past um so he based these I like this because of my weird upbringing but they he based the Calvin and Hobbes characters uh, names off of the 16th century theologian John Calvin and the 17th century English philosopher Thomas Hobbes which wow. big nerd like oh okay like for all my crunchy nerd friends out there that, that one's makes for you so much sense to me though yeah. because the fact that he was approaching these comics from the beginning with a very like i mean not just that it's coming from like theory but yes. just a very intellectual brain considering yes. that so much of these comics are about like i mean you could just write a whole book about nihilism in yeah oh sure Hobbes, yeah right yeah or like fucking loyalty like yeah. deep friendship and and the spirit of imagination like so many delicious these, things but these beautiful like things that are very like adult um yeah feelings yes as well and i'm sure probably if i had just done one layer of research more there'd be some term paper somebody wrote about oh you know it. the influence of john calvin and thomas hobbes on the cartoon or comic calvin and hobbes so that's out there for somebody to find and to send to us um so all that to say um, eventually, uh, Bill Watterson just decided he wanted to do something that wasn't quite as limited as just a cartoon strip, and he shut it down. Um, but it had won two of the National Cartoonist Society's Rubin Awards for Cartoonist of the Year. So, wow, pretty phenomenal. I think yeah. that those are pretty big awards for that that group of artists. So Absolutely. good on him. So, I have three comic strips that I have to open on my computer so we're stalling we're stalling we're stalling. did you read Calvin and Hobbes as a kid uh I did but then I I I remember enjoying it when I was younger but not really spending a ton of time with it just always being like oh yeah these are always like fun and silly and like a little surprising and then just revisiting them as like an older person like in college and beyond I mean like oh Oh, this is, like, so good. Mm. Like, just feels good to read. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I will show you three cool. 
uh, feel free to read them out loud or interpret them however you want. We will put these on our social media so that you can view what Bernadette is viewing today and make your own choices. But we will start out with the first one. Oh, man. And I assume that, so I'll, I'll be reading them out loud for our audience and judging them accordingly, but I assume that you also have some, like, internal metrics so you can tell me if I judge oh, them sure. well or poorly. Or if you're just wrong. Yeah. I'm just like, actually, no. I would love that. Thank you. Okay. Can you see that okay? It's a little on the small side. There we go. There we go. All right. Not anymore. Uh, so this comic is between, well... Hobbs is mostly in, in stuffed form, and it's with the mom. So, Ma, let's see, Calvin says, How about these pants, Mom? Can I get these? Mom says, Good heavens, look at the price. I don't have pants that cost that much. <laughs> Classic <laughs> moms. <laughs> um, and she says, You'll grow right out of these, honestly. Why would a kid need designer clothes? And then Hobbs says, <clears throat> Babes. <laughs> and, and then Calvin says, Babes, Mom, I gotta look cool. <laughs> and he's like sweating a little bit. <sighs> All right. I love this one. Yeah. I love that uh, apparently Hobbs is a fucking dog <laughs> out here trying to chase tail. Trying to help his boy. Uh, wow. This one's a strong one. I also like that this child is out here trying to fucking get some good pants. Get hooked up. Slap some ass. <laughs> All right. Is this the next one? This is the next one. And it's a bit longer. It is eight tiles or panels rather. All right. Long. <clears throat> uh, it's Calvin and Hobbs just taking a stroll as they do. I hate commercials. Commercials are for stuff I already buy. Hobbs says, buy is a bit strong. <laughs> Calvin says, hey, I'm a true blue consumer here uh, to my core. And then Calvin says, sure, it's not my nickels and dimes going to the big corporate guys, but I consume, and I don't want to watch another 90 seconds for the same toys I already got. Hobbs says, if anything, you're a mooch. Calvin says, I'm going to give those guys a call, give them a piece of all of my consuming mind. And then Calvin is now on the phone and says, hello, yes, this is Calvin. I've noticed that in all your TV marketing land have taken the particular liking to one hot wheels and calvin says oh i love the product but i don't think it's fair to make me watch the commercial still i've already got the car so it's a bit dull and then he says wait we owe how much and mom hasn't paid the bill for last month either i'm s i'm sorry i really shouldn't be talking to you i'm the child and uh, i'll scream and then uh, Hobbs says, another happy consume. And then Calvin says, not a word. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is exactly what I mean by the fact that, like, I feel that, yes, even though it's from the point of a view of a child, like, we're talking about some real high-stakes <laughs> capitalism shit. Yeah. He said, let's dive right in. Yeah, I also like that it's, like, one of those... Uh, I, I, I really identify with Calvin in this one. You know, yes. I'm still not ready to assume financial responsibility for... Myself for my television bill. No, <laughs> my television bill. I would I would be shocked if I ever get get the guts to pay for my Netflix. <laughs> just gotta work it out. <laughs> okay. Last but not least, a short one. All right. Just two panels. Calvin says, "You can't just turn on creativity like a faucet. You have to be in the right mood." 
And Bob says, what is that mood? And Kelvin says, last minute panic. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little now, bit too accurate. I know. I if like, I do I say so myself. Like, Ooh, a little barbed. As like, someone who prepped for this episode today. Oh, hell yeah. I feel that powerfully. <laughs> we show up and this is what it is. Absolutely. Okay. So... Uh, I can scroll through these for you. Oh, I oh I've got it. I've got it already in my head. Amazing. Okay, go to town. Um. Okay, I'm picking the first one as gold. Okay. What? Damn! I did the same thing you did. I started with gold first. My bad. Oh no worries. <laughs> I don't. It's literally fine. Um. Why? I like that children are saying babes. I think it's fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the word babes. I like yeah. And me myself, I love babes. So. <laughs> It's it playing to its audience, okay? <laughs> and I love that. I knew who my audience was, too. Also, I can really... I am in this comic, both uh, Calvin and the mom. Because yeah. I see something at the store, and I'm like, Bernadette, we can't afford that. Yeah. And then Bernadette says, but babes. And then and I'm like, like you right, oh, let's get it. Right. Oh, right. I gotta get the babes. I keep forgetting my job. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pulling tail. <laughs> Slapping ass, just like Calvin and Hobbes. That's what I always say. Just, what would Calvin and Hobbes do? And, and it's usually getting out ba- there. Babes. They are doing babes. <laughs> there it is. So now you know. Um, That's your childhood. All right. I'm going to give bronze to the second one. I love it. It's a, the one about consumerism. The, yes. He is talking to the Hot Wheels man. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't also realize that you could buy Hot Wheels on a payment plan. Hell yeah. Um, that's pretty wild. <laughs> or did he buy so many Hot Wheels that they're, like, back-ordered? Very good question. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, it's very good. Obviously, it places in the metal category because it's Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. But, um, it's one of those, like, yeah, he has a lot of those, I think, more theoretical or, like, um, just intellectual forward comics. Yes. Which I really enjoy. Yeah. But obviously, you have to sit with them. You kind of have to ruminate yeah oh, or yeah. it's better in book form yeah oh and it's um, long yeah mm-hmm. or maybe the audience is more specific sure. um whereas the last one that one's that one's gone for silver yeah it didn't hit me as hard as the other one but it's can be it's beloved by all all right <laughs> there's a single artist in this world there there is the the known feeling of last minute panic uh, yeah. The, this is very much the comic for this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is not our artwork for the podcast, but it was so... Oh, close second. Close <laughs> second. Okay, amazing. So, I don't really have too much to share about these in terms of, like... Because, again, these were never put in the Olympics. Are you saying so. that these don't... Are, they're not actually rated? What the fuck is the point? I know. It's like, what's the point ever amen and now, sorry and especially now what's so, the point of living you're, um, you're right so bad. no the only thing i will say is i wrote this one <laughs> the, the one i gave bronze to <laughs> it's fine the super long one about consumerism was me having like a really lovely night hanging out by myself drinking wine really vibing with my own sense of, <laughs> sense of humor just thinking everything I thought or said was pretty much gold. And anyway, that's what this um, became. Elizabeth, I love that so much. I'm honestly low-key proud of it. I this think is something I really... really think about and feel a lot. <laughs> why am I watching commercials? Everyone's like, well, why aren't you watching commercials? I, okay, it's this thing called football, and it has so many commercials. Uh-huh. It's mostly commercials. So I don't want to watch another Verizon commercial. I am a Verizon 
bill paying customer. Like I already am. Give me back my 35 seconds. Give me back my 90 seconds. My God. Anyway, this is something clearly I really feel passionately about. I've had this conversation with people multiple times. I use this as a fucking icebreaker (laughs) for a work event the other day. I said, yeah, you shouldn't have to watch commercials for stuff you've already bought. And everyone's like, oh. (laughs) I was just like, no, think about it. Think about it. Anyway. I'm dying. That's so funny. Okay, first off, I didn't know that that was, like, that one of them was going to be written by you. So thank you so much for not telling me that. Thank you, Internet, for having blank Calvin and Hobbes cartoons (laughs) that I can use, like, straight up DocuSign to, like, lay in the text in certain ways. Oh, God, that was so good. Uh, Secondly, um, good job. I loved it. Very, very positive. Um, Thirdly, I have just, like, a little anecdote about commercials for you. Okay. Your... For your um, that I agree. Okay. Especially like, or the worst thing is like when you see the same commercial multiple times yes. within a viewing. Yes. Like I'm with you. Like I've bought it, but I will say there is something to just having ads slightly tailored towards you versus like not because the fact that it means it's really working if you've already bought the stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. The other day I was at a go kart facility. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me why. <laughs> this is oh, that's the what things it's you do for love. <laughs> a go kart facility. And I was sitting waiting there to get the little slip of paper that tells you that you did the worst job at racing your kart. Oh. Um, and I was watching the television and they had uh, hockey on, okay. and it was a hockey. It was the NHL like channel like all they play is hockey sure and for each commercial break there was three to four um erection pill ads <laughs> like i think i just get a, a kick out of those time. oh dude yeah so like yes uh, i i'm totally with you like i mean on the bright side you could be watching like that humor but there was also a level of like not wanting to see how the other half lives. You know what I'm sure, saying? Sure. <laughs> like, there's only so much toxic masculinity I can watch before sure. I lose the In will to live. In my own channels. Yeah. Like, let alone other channels that I have not made to reflect a little bit more of Exactly. Yeah, that's Absolutely. Fair. That's totally fair. I also think about Target ads all the time because there's a, there's a site that you can watch anime on, like, illegally. Sure. And they just have, like, those, like, crazy pop-up ads. Yeah. And when I'm with my partner, who's, um, when he goes on the same site, he gets ads that are very benign. They're like, here's a soap. And here's a fun hack on how to strain spaghetti. Okay. And like, here's a car. And I literally didn't know you could get those ads because since the day I logged on, all I get is big titty anime ads. (laughs) That's it. All it is is big titty anime ads. And I'm just, I'm just so fucking curious. I'm not saying they're wrong. What I'm curious about is how do they know? Do you know what I'm saying? That's like a whole, that's a whole other terrifying podcast where we just talk about what does the internet already know about me? And we said, we'd like to tell the internet more about us. We're going to record our voices <laughs> with our opinions, and we're going to put them out there. I'm going to tell them what ads I want. Heavily curated. I can't wait to only ever watch ads for Tampax and Allstate Insurance. I die. <laughs> like, Peyton Manning, lower me into my grave. Like, it's fine. But... Oh. But we did it. But we did it. We did an episode, a second episode, a sophomore episode. Mm. I can't wait for the next three and then we graduate, two and then we I graduate. I can't wait to graduate and then uh, come back around for several more <laughs> senior years. <laughs> Just additional, it's extracurriculars for me. You know, that's kind of like why I'm here. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, thank you so much for tuning in again. We appreciate you being here. And we'll see you on episode three. 
And as we always say, uh, what, wait, what was that slogan we came up oh, with? Oh, put, of course. put your art in me. Or no, <laughs> put your Olympic in, in me. And I'll, I'll put, put my, my art, art in you. you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, oh. Hold on. circle back around. And as we always say, put, put your, your Olympics, Olympics in me. And I'll put, put my art in you. Goodbye. Fade out music. <laughs>